0: Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening,
1: and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brenning and Jack McEnroth They'll be taking your calls and speaking with a different guest each week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347 347- 215 9442. That number again 347 215 9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio.
2: and welcome
1: to Pause Am Radio. I'm your host Robert Fine and this evening my co-host is the fabulous Jack McEnroe. Hey Jack. Howdy. How are you? I'm doing really good. How are you?
2: I'm doing great actually.
1: Things are going well. Good. Glad to hear it. I was actually just listening to an old interview you did with the guys from the from the Stigma project.
2: Oh yeah,
1: because, yeah, yeah. They're, they're awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean I, I got about I was trying to um Post, you saw me posting this interview on Facebook and stuff, so I was listening to it as I was doing that. I got about 10 minutes into when they came on, but yeah, I'm going to listen to the whole thing because I think that a campaign is amazing.
2: Yeah, they're actually um, looking for, I think, um, they're, they're called ambassadors, and tonight, um, one of our, our guests that came up is actually an ambassador uh, for the, uh, not tonight. I don't think it's tonight's guest, but uh, one of the guests coming up is an ambassador for uh, the Sigma project, so I think that's uh, pretty cool.
1: And when they
2: were on, they were talking about all
1: the cool stuff that they're doing, so I mean I'm cool, understand. cool yeah no i I just i mean obviously the graphics and the uh, and the advertising and stuff their campaign totally catches your eye, so I didn't really know that much about it until this month, and I was looking I was like, you see the things you're like that's really cool, and then you start i mean it's a really good way of getting people to look at your messaging by what good design you know. Well, especially now with social
2: media, I mean, sharing an image is 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 such a good way to to get the message out. Especially oh yeah,
1: can... I mean I, I mean you know that I know. <laughs> like if I post <laughs> a photo, you get four hundred likes. If you post like I'm doing an interview and it's words, people are like whatever. I mean it's so immediate. People like to scroll through imaging. They're not even wasting time now to read three sentences. So, um well, yeah no totally so it's good. great. So what before, else
2: going um, on with you? Um, nothing much. I don't, I'm not sure. Remember the last time that you were on, we had who was it, the Denison twins?
1: Yeah, they were awesome.
2: Yeah, so so it was a little while. Um recently I went through some certifications and I'm now a certified tester and counselor. Oh, right,
1: right, right. How'd that go?
2: Um, it was good. The the class was awesome. I learned a lot about um, you know, how to deliver the news and how about all the tests and what not to do and and how to make sure that the person who comes in to get tested is actually ready to get tested because just because they're there and asking for a test doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to get a test.
0: If they're not
2: in the right um, state of mind, you know what I mean? Um, You're more than likely not going to to give them the test at that time. So I learned a lot of of different techniques to use. Um, I'm still in the process of looking for a job to do that. There are a few in my local area. Um, but I did have an interview last week for a patient registrar position at one of the local health centers here. So hopefully that'll come back and I'll, I'll get some good news from it because it would be a dream job. Good luck. Good luck. Thanks. So, how's your website going?
1: Um, it's really good. It's like it's something new every day, it's really crazy. Um, uh, the website you're referring to is Voltage, um, V O L T T A G E dot com. And basically, um, we're doing our part to to provide, like, a sort of uh, stigma-free environment for HIV-positive guys to connect. So we just finished um, kind of going through, and it's only three of us doing the whole thing, so we're all overworked and we all have other jobs. But we just finished going through and editing out all the people that just logged on and formed a profile but never did anything. Um, and we went through all the photos because there was some stuff that – We didn't really want to be a part of the website, so, um, you know, I mean, everything that's uh, publicly visible is g rated and so we got through all that, and um, now we're looking for guest bloggers and people that want to be involved with content, if you know of anyone, because now we have, like, um, 2,500 active members, and that's in six weeks, so we're expecting, you know, in the next six months to get up to 10000 and, you know, and then once we have any money at all, we'll just start advertising, and so we're we're just kind of growing and looking for partners and looking for ways to make it better, and um, yeah, it's crazy, but it's been really good. I'm excited. And it's it's Voltage with two T's, right?
2: Uh-huh. Okay, I just want to put it in the chat room so people can check it out if they're interested in You want to uh, explain a little
1: bit about it so those that
2: are listening who maybe didn't listen to the show that we did a couple
1: of weeks ago. Yeah, basically it's, um, for HIV positive. Well, uh, it, listen, we don't ask it. The unique thing about the, the site is we don't ask HIV status. We're clearly marketing to HIV positive men who have sex with men. So, and our tagline is, um, you know, positively sexy men, but we, we, we take the position and the belief that you should assume that anyone that you're potentially having sex with is HIV positive, which everyone should do anyways. So exactly. that's why we don't ask status, And because of that, you know, I think people that are positive and are on social networking sites for the potential of dating or hooking up or whatever that may be have had the experience of dealing with the stigma and the discrimination. On, And I know I have, and I'm very, very out with my status. So you know, it's just been I get messages every day from people to say thank you for creating this site. Um, you know, it's long overdue. So you know, it just provides us another alternative for people HIV-positive men, gay men, and bisexual men to to connect. And um, you know, we just added a social. It was it, it started off pretty much like your generic kind of hookup, what you would expect. Um, we right. just in the last week added more social. Um, stuff so they can, you know, check out, they can put what their non-sexual activities are and what other stuff they're interested in. So it's, it's becoming a more fleshed out dating site um, where, you know, when we want to hook up with people that do social events and other websites and um, we have a couple blog entries and we have a, a non staff physician, Dr. Frank Spinelli. So we're, and we're reposting stuff from other resources just to, you know, as we have time to do that. But we want it to be kind of a hub for, you know, not only dating but social interaction and, and, you know, hooking up because we all like to have sex. So let's not sugarcoat it. But that's what it is. So it's been amazing. And I hope it really takes off and, right, you know, it's free. We'll have a mobile app hopefully in the spring. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, and if for nothing else, like when we have a mobile app, you can, if you're in another country, you can just, you know, go on go on, and find someone near you who kind of just gets you, regardless if that's just friendship or you need resources or let's say you're out of meds or, you know, who knows what it could be used for. You know, I mean, you have IM, It can be used for a myriad of things, just connecting right, yeah. on any
2: way you want. Oh, no, I know, especially I know when I travel to different places, I, I'm on I AM and I'm looking at people in that area and I contact them to see, you know, if they'd be around or, or be interested in meeting up, whether it's for lunch or dinner or for coffee. Of to Kind of have that personal interaction with somebody, like you said, who kind of gets what you're going through.
1: Yeah, and I think, I mean, I, I think we all can agree that part of being HIV positive and part of being LGBT and, I mean, uh, being different than, is you get lonely. I mean, for lots of reasons. But, you know, I think that's one of those things that can be particularly lonely and isolating for people and especially when they're not super comfortable with their HIV status. And it's really nice to be able to reach out. And even if, I mean, I've had guys already on the site who, who just email messaged me and said, you know, it's just really nice to have some people to talk to you. And there's not, you know, right now with, with 2,500, 3,500 members in certain places, there's not a lot of people obviously are, our, our most populated group is new york which i'm really doing that on purpose and really like trying to get new york going so it gains traction and then we can spread out from there like la san francisco and it will kind of spread um but you know i mean even people just have one or two people that they can chat with it's it's i mean you know how life changing that can be so it's a good Mm -hmm. thing i know
2: especially you know when i was diagnosed i just wanted to talk to somebody who understood it all, and the clinical and the science part, all that kind of confused me, and it went over my head, and I just kind of wanted the basics. So to have that connection with somebody, you know, is important, especially in the beginning.
1: Yeah. So I. Oh, so it's all good. I'm, and then I'm uh, just let me really quickly mention on World AIDS Day, I'm flying to, um, to I don't even know where. Uh, when it's Winnipeg in manitoba and then right after that the next day i'm going to an appearance in saskatoon and then i don't know where those places are but um <laughs> they're in canada and so if you want if you're in either of those two areas i will be there the state world aid state november 30th and december 1st and then if you're in the north carolina area i'm doing a uh, benefit for uh, rain which is regional uh AIDS Interface Network. It's outside. It's still rain. <laughs> yeah. Um and so you can go to uh the the it's um uh, God, I want kids. Carolina. Oh god, I'm so bad. Anyways, we'll just Google um Regional AIDS Interface Network, and they're having a benefit on December eighth, and I'm there with Cresta Cameron, who, you know, is the former Miss America or from Miss USA, but she's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, we're doing the whole thing. So it will be really good if you happen to be in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina.
2: Cool. Um, I actually have an event to announce, too. Our friend Daniel Bauer, uh, who's in New York, just uh, gave me information on an event that is a must-tend event in New York City. It's called Art and AIDS. It's not over, and, and it's an exhibit portraying the artwork of 45 artists who are either infected or affected by HIV and AIDS. Um, it actually, uh, the open reception is Thursday, November 27th. Um, from 6 to 8, and the exhibit runs through Sunday, December 2nd. Miss Universe is to appear at the opening reception, among other special guests. There will be a panel discussion about art and AIDS, um, and let's see, a discussion uh, on expressions of art by men living with HIV and AIDS, Saturday, December 1st, for World AIDS Day, 6 to 8. And it's taking place at the Leslie... Lomn, the um Museum of Gay and Lesbian Art at 26 Wooster Street in New York. Yep. Yep. And so, Soho. it's and, awesome. Yeah. So the proceeds from the sales go directly to the individual artists and selected pieces for silent auks- auction will actually benefit the GMHC.
1: So yeah, that is yeah and I've been to I've been to that twice before, and um, it's amazing. And I bought two pieces. One. Do you know Eric, there's a amazing photographer, mixed media artist named Eric Ryan. Who shows there every year, and um, yeah, the artwork is all different kinds of mediums. It's amazing. So if you're in New York, you should definitely check that out. Yeah, I mean, when
2: Daniel told me about it, I was kind of jealous that it was in New York and it wasn't somewhere closer for me to see, um, because I, I I think that stuff is cool. So I I see our guest is on the line, but I have two people on the line from the Iowa area. So if Chaz, if you're on the line, just press the one button so we know you want to come on with the guest uh, with the host. And we know it's you And I don't bring somebody else on the line um, I'm a little afraid to, to bring somebody else on When it mi- it's not them So let me see, this might be him So let me just see Chaz, is this you? Hello Hello. Hi, is this Chaz? Hello? Yes, sir Hey, Chaz, welcome to the show Hello,
3: thank you for having
1: me
0: Actually, this is interesting. <laughs> Yeah,
3: well, congratulations Go ahead. So, no,
2: no, no. I just wanted to um, say thanks for coming on. You know, I appreciate uh, you coming on to share your story. um It's important that we cover the topic of youth and HIV. Um, cause,
1: um, go ahead. Were you going to say something, Jack? Well, I just think I wanted to just first off say, like, you know, I congratulate you on your bravery. Like, you're a very young guy, and I'm really impressed with, I mean, I was 19 when I found out I was HIV positive. This was a long time ago, but I remember what that was like, and it was really shocking, and um, I just applaud you. Well, thank you very much. I get
3: that pretty often, and it, it is it's rare to see. It is. It has been very rare. I have not seen a lot of people my age, at least in my town, that have... Been well, well,
1: I mean, I just, people. I think... I mean, you're yeah. I remember when it happened to me, and uh, you're you're just young, anyways, in the whole in life. So it's going to be rare that there's people your age that that <laughs> oh, are, yeah. you know, have serial converted. But um, but I mean, I just think even more rare probably are people that know their status at your age, or they are positive and are willing to speak about it so openly. So it's really it's really admirable.
3: Well, thank you, thank you very much. It, it is pretty hard. I mean. Just turning out at 18, getting out of high school and finding out you're positive kind of like throws everything out the door you thought you were going to be. It's a little different, but I believe this is the right way to go about it. I don't think, I think if people are quiet and kind of preservative about HIV or AIDS in general worldwide, it just won't really push us where we need to be unless everyone stands up and speaks.
2: Yeah, I totally agree.
3: So, Jack, take us back.
2: um, Tell us a little bit, since you are, you know, somewhat recently out of high school, what did they teach you in high school about HIV, AIDS, STDs, condoms, things of that nature? Because I believe when me and Jack went to high school, they didn't really touch on that subject too much. But
3: Um, to be honest, I will say that they really did not speak of it. I can't recall ever learning about it in high school. Um, I think that's why it threw me off so much i did of course learn through gay social life if that makes sense at all because they're kind of just hand to hand with it somehow um but no they definitely do not i have an experience actually i can tell you um i was in my college class and we ran a human sexuality class and the day's event was for us to go up and silently write what you thought of people with stis or hiv or any of that sort of thing and It got kind of crazy, like, for, of course, everyone wrote, you know, like, horrible things, flat whore, and all this, and blah, blah, blah. I ended up teaching at the end of that class about HIV, but to the main point, to get back to that question, was that I was really shocked that even at a high school, freshman, no, a freshman college class, that there was still that much uneducated answers, I guess I would say, or how much it was not still talked about. Right. Well, I mean, I know we
2: barely touched on it at all. It was just, you know, don't have sex was what they told us. How about you?
1: <laughs> Chaz, and we didn't have it yet.
0: <laughs> when I was in high
1: school, no one even knew about it, so let's not even go there. Um, well, Chaz, Chaz, I'm curious to know if you could just talk about your personal story a little bit. Like, I mean, I read about you, but, like, you know, if you don't mind kind of telling us what the experience was like, how you found out, that kind of stuff.
3: Um, I would say uh, I was in a I would uh, how do I explain this? I was in a love triangle between friends or things like that, I guess you would say. And um, it ended up being a good – what I believe was a good friend of mine that I knew since I was 16 years old. Um, it was funny because my very first boyfriend was actually HIV positive, and I did not know. Um, we had an interaction, but I never – Received HIV because I used the condom, and then after that, I kind of just was friends with those that crowd, and I guess you'd say just liquor got to us, and then one night we ended up getting into a sexual interaction. It was protected at first, and then he had actually threw the condom off through the <laughs> through while we were getting our freak on, I guess you could say. And um, since then, I kind of just had like that gut feeling. Um, I allowed myself to go a long time without getting tested. I did get tested, but it was early. I I believe it's four months, if I'm correct, four months before you can get tested before it'll show up. And I went up after three months. So it came back as negative. At the time, I was with my cousin, and of course, they're all like, aren't you happy? Like, you're not dying? You don't have AIDS? And to me, I just knew something was wrong. I guess I'm one of the lucky ones that kind of had symptoms that came with it, but I just knew something was different. Um, I ended up going in and then I would say, no, I was drinking like crazy after that because I was in super denial mode for a whole summer. Um, And then I guess after that is when I really started noticing that my body was weakening all the alcohol I was drinking, all the things I was trying to cover up, the fact that I thought I even might be HIV positive because of all the stigma that came with it, I was petrified of HIV and everything it was, to be honest. I mean, I interacted with people before it was positive, and it wasn't so nice because of the fact that I, I feared them. And I ended up going to get tested because I just, I just I knew there was something wrong, and I knew that I was worth it. So I brung myself to go get tested and basically I just found out my positive my positive test, And I was at my numbers were at three hundred. I was AIDS diagnosis at the moment because of the fact that we allowed the So it was definitely definitely hard you to know, brush your shoulder off when you're almost AIDS diagnosis and you just an AC. Robert, are you can you me okay? Yeah, I got a little bit fuzzy
2: there for a minute. <laughs> <Did I even laughs> oh, no.
1: Say what? Hello. Hello. Hello? Okay, I think we're good now. Yeah. <laughs> Wherever you are, do to
0: move.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I get a little bit of an echo on my end. I'm all good here.
2: Okay, as long as you're good, then I'm good. So what were the feelings that you had when you were told that you were positive?
3: The feelings I had, I don't even know how to really describe that. I guess it's just the unknown. And I think that was the hardest part because I didn't know what I was dealing with at all. Um, my floor just sunk. Actually, the lady that told me my positive um test result, ask me after that if you see my face expression, does this come to a shock to you? So, I mean, I was just, I felt offended. I was, I was just lost for words. That's how I would describe it. You just know you won't be the same again after that. Right.
1: Um. I've, I. Uh, Robert, I know that you just completed your HIV sensitivity training, so what what you would they tell you to say? I'm just curious. When
2: you when you give the news to somebody. Uh-huh. Well, uh huh. Well, first you would tell them you never start off with anything like I'm sorry or I'm getting a real. No,
0: you're good. But is this
2: better? Yeah. Okay, I was getting an echo. Um, they say you never say anything like I'm sorry or I'm um uh you know I feel bad that I have to tell you this. You just basically tell them that your result has come back positive or reactive, um, depending on who where you work. And you kind of let it go and let them absorb it. Um, There was times when we did, um, where they kind of did like an oral test. That's how they had to pass the course, where you had to actually sit down with somebody who pretended to be somebody coming in. And once you give the diagnosis, it's kind of like you shut up, you don't say nothing, and you let them absorb it and let them either, you know, take it in. If they start to cry, let them cry, but be there and be supportive for them. Don't let them, you don't have to automatically be like, oh, you're not going to die, this and this and that. Because from the pre-counseling that you get done before you actually take the test, it lets you know where that patient or that client is at in their, you know, their frame of mind or, or what, they, what how knowledgeable they are. So you kind of just let them absorb it and don't say a word until
1: they're ready to speak again. That's what I was taught.
0: Right.
1: Chad, that's, that's really interesting because your story is so strangely similar to mine. Um because I did the exact same thing. I got tested about three months after I thought something might have happened and then I was negative and then I thought,
0: Oh woo, I'm
1: fine fine, because I actually didn't really know about the false negative. So I know how that can be a real mind trip.
3: Oh, it was it was definitely a mind one because I got something that tells you something differently and then, you know, your body's kind of playing tricks on you at the same time as well. It was definitely a soul searching moment, I guess you'd say.
1: So this was only you know nine ten months ago, correct? This is what?
3: How long ago did this ha-
1: did you find out your status?
3: I found out September fifteenth of last year.
1: Okay, so it's a little bit over a year, but like, yeah. so you clearly came to terms with it very quickly, and I mean, told people very quickly. Tell us a little bit about why you chose to speak about it and not keep it inside.
3: Um, I honestly. After going to the doctor and just dealing with my family, and we're all crying, we don't – we didn't know what to do. We never thought this would happen to us. You always look, and you see things happen to other people, but you don't expect it to come to your family until it does. And really, I just was – I was just confused, and I I was looking for – I wanted answers. I didn't want – my family couldn't answer none of my questions. It was frustrating to them with the fact that they couldn't help me. And I'm going to all these other people, like I went to the project and things like that. And you know, they're they're very good resources and without those I couldn't really say where I would be at this moment. But they didn't give you those facts that you want. They didn't give you the history behind this. How long has this been going on? What are people doing Towards this. Where is HIV right now in two thousand eleven is what I wanted to know. I eventually went to a thing that was called Chain that I'm actually a part of. They have a wellness trip and they send off there, send you off to a camp inside and they have like channel lighting and very educational conversations throughout and it was very helpful, very, very helpful. I gotta see well, I, I got to hear what I wanted to hear. I heard the past of HIV. I've seen how much bigger it was than me. And I guess I, at that moment, I just felt like it was necessary for me to speak up because because of the fact that I was so young when I found out, for me to hide and not show that this is how bad it's become, I guess, I think would be unfair. Right. That makes sense. So, my mom went off, but <laughs> it just it it I just wanted to do it because I heard what I wanted to hear. I heard the facts and I heard the history and I heard how much people died. They knew people. I mean, I met some amazing people there that shared their stories as well, and it just made me feel like a, I. What I got to do?
1: Yeah, well, that's a really good question because I mean I think. I get a lot of, of inquiries from newly diagnosed people. And what what did make you feel better? Like, what did you want to hear? Like, what was that moment where you're like, oh, okay, like, I'm going to be fine? Was it the scientific stuff? Was it that there was good treatment? Was, you saw people living a long
3: time, all those things? I think it was everything mixed up in one, to be honest. I think to see brown, white faces, I mean, Older to younger To just be able to see it one on one And not From the books Because when I first went out And I was reading about HIV I just bawled my little heart out For months and months I was like dead to the world For the first three months And then I went to that group And then it just gave me what I needed I guess I think it was just To actually see and speak with someone And realize that they look okay And they're doing okay made me feel like it was going to be okay.
2: So how did you tell your mother or your, your parents or your family?
3: Um, We actually, I just found out, I was walking back down to the, my house that I was staying at with my cousin at the moment, and I just gave my mom a call, and of course they hand you a big old book that says HIV AIDS on it, and I have 12 cousins, so I was trying to hide it from all of them. And I had to be very strong For like 10 minutes To not allow anyone to know What was wrong with me Because they're all younger than I am I, I don't I didn't want them to know yet Of course I just found out myself And my mom came And I just threw the book On the ground And I just told her And we had to go To my job at the moment Where my mom managed that And I had to But my older sister And my second oldest cousin That's 18 at the moment, and we just cried. Really, we didn't know what to do at all.
0: I see. So and you actually, kind of,
2: you kind of came out to her because you didn't have the answers. You kind of—it's kind of what I did. I came home right away after being diagnosed, and I, I told my mom like a, a day or two after I found out because at, at that time my mom was my best friend and she still is. And I felt that I had nowhere to turn.
3: Oh, without my mom, I wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> I mean, my mom had no
2: clue. You know, she's like, it's something I can't fix, obviously.
1: But, right. I mean,
2: she still was able to be there and be supportive.
3: Exactly.
1: Exactly, exactly. Well, and I, and and I, I think I think that's, that kind of support is really crucial because, I mean, if it's education or a mentor or just, you know, emotional support, whatever. I mean, a lot of people I even – People that I know my age and older feel like they still can't tell their parents because they're either religious or there's they're a lot of excuses I hear now. People in my generation are, my parents are so old anyways, like, they're going to die soon. I don't want to burden them. But, you know, I think if you can't tell your parents for whatever reason or you don't feel that you can, it's important to talk about it. Because mm-hmm. holding onto a secret like that, it just, it's so oh, stressful. I
3: feel, I yeah. Yeah. It really well I mean I I was A social butterfly And I found out I was just I didn't know What to do anymore I mean It's hard HIV comes with A lot of stigmas On top of it I understand I mean If you see someone With cancer They're not gonna Fear someone With cancer If someone sees Someone in the street With cancer Because it doesn't Have a history Of being contagious I'll say that I won't say that It doesn't have A history of death Because it's also Very high Health issue at this moment, but with HIV, they get what not from where we've came, but where uh, where we are now, but they go back to where it used to be and fear you because they feel like they can get it. Or, I mean, I had own family members for a second that were just like, Oh, I'm not sure if I want to smoke after you, but oh, yeah. Once I told them, you know, because I was like, all that's going to do is hurt me and it's not going to do anything else, they came, too. And to this day, we're still okay with sharing things. But it's just HIV has a lot of extra baggage that comes with it. I guess you would say it's day-to-day. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good way of saying that. <laughs> baggage, I like that. Yeah, it looks <laughs> like it was just big red bang. <laughs> <Does> HIV, <laughs> on it? I don't know. It's just it does though, and you just gotta have. Yeah, I mean, I I just think
1: I think that that's why we have to keep talking about it. I mean, the last guy I dated, I found out his family was googling, like you know, like kissing someone with HIV, like you know, sharing glasses. I'm like, are you serious? Mm-hmm. We're still talking about that? I'm like, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, you know, I think I think in some in some situations, people are less educated than they were in the 80s
3: and early 90s. Oh, yeah. And I would definitely hear that, especially after having that high school thing. And I would like to say, I don't know, have you guys ever heard of the the theory heard around the world? No. No. I'm not sure if you... It was this experience where they used educational entertainment to basically they had people that had HIV on the show and they used it to see what would happen around the neighborhood and, like, around the area. And eventually, they started to use more protection and were more sexually safe because of the fact that, you know, on TV you see this person that's doing it. It kind of leaves them with their own kind of role model, I guess you would say. And for me, I was born in 93. In 2000s, where I, you know, grew up as a teenager, that's when a lot of, like, Sexual, I would say sexual advertisement and just, in general, just started to go through the roof. I mean, I can't even think of a time that I don't remember as a kid turning on the TV and seeing people kissing or that was a way of sexual intercourse was a way of showing that you're in a relationship, I guess you would say. It's just. It's amazing that if they use other things, I would like to use one like today. Like, we have Jersey Shore that teaches kids to say, oh, I'm GTS," or that's the way to live, I guess. if that makes right. sense at all?
0: Well, it I also a think you're compounded,
1: compounded with that is just the other forms of media. Like, when I was your age, we didn't, believe it or not, we didn't have the Internet, so, like, you know I mean I got my first piece, I got my first p c in nineteen ninety four and it was as big as like you know my desk now so
0: and everything was so
1: immediate and now, even if you're a teenager, you can log on to Twitter and anything and you can see anything you know i mean there's really no there's really no i mean they say eighteen and over and all that stuff, but there's really no censors anymore there's just not i mean so it's it has to be, and if your parents aren't watching over you, you know, twenty four hours a day, it's really impossible to police. So yeah, you're right. Like those, and that imagery is is upon you at a really young age.
3: I just don't think that they they don't, for one, advertise HIV as much as they should. And I think it's because right now, I don't want to say we're in a huge crisis because we are slowly developing and. We're going to get there. But I don't think that they're showing how big of an issue it is at this current moment because of the fact that it's not over, if that makes sense. I don't think they're doing as much advertising for definitely for how much sex they're putting out there. They're definitely not doing enough sexual educational shows as well.
2: It's, it's, it's funny because I, I used to think that too here when I lived in Bucks County that You know, HIV wasn't advertised. There wasn't really billboards. There wasn't any kind of, you know, mention of it anywhere, even on TV. And that was, now that I live in Center City, I am now, you know, using public transportation a lot and using SEPTA. And I am actually seeing more and more um, HIV and AIDS-related billboards, whether it's on the bus or on the subway. And it's just basically, you know, testing makes us stronger. Um, There's one out there for Action Aids. And then there's one that's really cool that's based out of Philly that I'm going to hopefully be able to partner with. Um, the website is I know you should too, and uh, two is the number two dot com. Um, and it's just really cool, and it just uses social media to you know get people to get out there and get tested because you know it's important that people find out what their status is. And I would have never have known about these you know, billboards or, or advertisements if I didn't now take public transportation. So I don't know if, you know if that has anything to do with it, but on the mainstream, like, the streets and the things, there's no advertising at all. Right. Do you, I mean, do you have to have a lot up there in New York, don't you,
1: Jack? Um, you know, I might not be the best person to ask because I don't <laughs> notice it anymore. I mean, I just, because I, I think I've just, I'm a I'm I'm. It's such a part of my life, HIV and the stuff I I work in HIV and it's like, uh, I don't know. I mean, I do notice. Um, what I do actually really notice is there's the commercials more than anything else. Like there's when they have celebrities and Wendy Williams is in one and there's a there's um, some good stuff on TV that I notice and I think that reaches the most people. I think personally, when you see stuff in subways and billboards, it's sort of like yeah, you can easily walk by that. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, I just think back to the 80s, and I also happened to live in Berkeley near San Francisco where, you know, the, the, the gay population was decimated by
3: know, <laughs> But it
1: was everywhere, and it was on the TV all the time, and no one ever thought of having sex without a condom. And it, it was just such a different world, and, I mean, you can say, oh, we have a lot of... Uh, HIV education, uh, HIV awareness media, but, like, we really don't in terms of right. how much of a problem it is. It, it's really not talked about so, even
3: a small percentage
1: of the crowd as it should be.
3: I feel like it's a little too taboo for how. For well, how I think it's bad, it's and I
1: think it's also it's uncomfortable because it's sex. and it, it I mean, yeah. and not always, but it involves a sexual context that people... Mm-hmm. Or um, as an, especially as Americans, we're uncomfortable talking about anything like that. So, so people just pretend, and especially now because the treatments are effective, we can just pretend everything's fine and not talk about it. And that's where, you know, the educational value goes back in the closet. We don't talk about it. We pretend everything's fine. And people don't learn what they need to do to prevent, you know, protect themselves and, you know, their status and all that stuff.
2: So what are the services like in, in Iowa, Chaz? I mean, is there a lot of ASOs around where you are, or how hard is it for somebody in your area to get, you know, called um, linked with CARE?
3: I must say it wasn't uh, – I found help from Googling. I mean, I was an Internet wizard to kind of find out CARE. <laughs> um, there's one place here that I would say that can really give you CARE if you want your first diagnosis and that would be the project. Um, They'll just case manage and help you with any type of medication you might need to paying your rent or um, I believe they have a food thing in there that you can come get food and things as well. But other than that, there really isn't too much that you can do. I mean, there's really not a lot of things here that are, HIV friendly, I guess you would say. Right. All right
2: well, real quick, I just want to open up the phone line for anyone who would like to call in and speak to Chaz uh, or have a question, 347 215 And if you're on uh, hold right now and you have a question, just press the one button and we'll bring you on the air. Tell us a little bit about uh, the place where you volunteer called Pitch.
3: Um, pitch is actually the group that um, had to do with – that was helping with the wellness summit that I went to the very first time. Um, Pitch helps with HIV criminalization. They'll have things like that throughout the thing. Um, Nick Rhodes usually is a part of that, Um, and Tammy. But other than that, I mean, I mostly just go for, like, moral support and things like that, and I try to... I try to tell everyone I know, basically. I try to keep it. And here in a small town, I mean, just the more word of the mouth is the best thing to do. Mm-hmm. And other than that, I can't say too much on that. I'm more focused on chain, I would say. Uh, okay,
2: what does Pitch stand for, just so people know, in case they're in your area and they're looking for a support group? Pitch is, um... Are you there?
1: I mean, yeah. That's okay. okay. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Okay.
2: I'm, I'm, was
3: trying, to, I'm was, trying to think I think it was positive.
2: Iowans taking charge Yes,
3: yes there you go oh, <laughs> gosh, You know better than I do I'm sorry well, well, I, was I, was me. Me. <laughs> I have your mouth in front of me I have your mouth in front of me
1: How are you now? Like, are you How are you
3: now? How am I now? Um, mm-hmm. I must say that after this last year of Talking and speaking at ISU to talking in my college um, I've kind of put myself at a little halt when it comes to activism and um, Being an activist and all that uh, I'm not sure why I think after I did it, I kind of I've seen what I can do And I must say, the the reason why I like to speak Is because I could be saving someone's life someone my age that had no idea. But once they see me, and trust me, when I went to ISU, there's still some college students there that went to high school with me, and they came up and talked to me. It kind of sparks, like, something in their head, like, whoa, you're a familiar face that you have HIV. Wow, that could be me. Um, mm-hmm. I got pleasure out of that. I mean, just to clap at the end of the speech is really what I do it for, just to thank you that to one of those claps that you saved their life um but once I did that and I kind of got that in my heart I just now I'm just kind of I'm sitting and I'm thinking I'm not going to give up or nothing but I'm just plotting some stuff in my head I guess you would say of next steps um I've had opportunities to run groups myself in my town here for youth that are positive um I guess because I'm in college at the moment, I haven't put too much time into finding an area to host them at, but once mm-hmm. I do that, um, the project has actually been willing to let me make a flyer there, and that way, I could get newly diagnosed or anyone they are casing in Des Moines that could that would receive these flyers and be able to come to my actual support group but I'm just going to school right now, I guess you'd say. What are you studying in school? I am going for human services at the moment. Um, I just wanted something really fast, um, but I am planning on going for psychology over after I finish that. I'm going to go longer for psychology. Maybe I do have a guy here in Iowa that actually is a psychologist for just HIV, and I would like to add another one to that list if I could. Interesting. Yeah, I think that's
0: uh,
2: incredible. You know, one of the other places that you talk about you volunteered at is Chain, uh, which is the Community HIV Hepatitis Advocates of Iowa Network. Um, and yes. you said that is – what is the, the like, what is that together for? What does that do, that organization?
3: Well, at this moment, we are going to contain, I believe, it is February 1st. We're going to do the Day on the Hill. Um, we got these, this is for HIV um, to change the law here in Iowa. I don't want to say change it or what exactly we're going to do. We're trying to appeal it, if anything, but we might have to, just, if anything, change it, make it more down to date, um, but we're, uh, we've we had people sign forms and things that we had, like a Gay Pride and just Word of Mouth as well, and eventually we're going to grab all of those signatures that we got from the people in Iowa, and we're going to hook them together in a paper chain, and I'm pretty sure that thing's going to be pretty long, and we're going to go up to the Capitol, actually, and I'm not sure where it goes from there, but... I'm gonna be there. That's for sure. Right,
2: when you say the law, you, you're actually speaking about the HIV criminalization law. Do you are you familiar yes. with what the law
3: is now there in your state? I do, I do, I do. I must say it is kind of strong. And basically, if you are in a situation where you could transfer the virus, that you can go to jail. Um, that one word, could. Uh, I don't want. To, oh, I'm cursed. On <laughs> excuse me. It messes up uh, people's lives basically because of the fact the word could, and some judges can be a little harsh with that. Now, is it and, is it is it, is it yeah. if you
1: so if you're HIV positive, is
3: mm-hmm. it
1: if you don't disclose, or even if you disclose? Yeah,
3: it, it, of course. Oh no, no. Yeah, I guess I should have said that. You must disclose your status, but if you do not disclose your status, then. You can be in trouble, and I guess if even goes to saliva, it has a lot of crazy things in there that are not a threat. Right. Well,
1: and also the issue with why people are working so hard on HIV decriminalization is because, well, laws like that don't do anything helpful. They just. Yeah.
0: Well, they like if you're HIV positive and you and
1: you know that that. Is the case Like Or you think you might be You won't get tested Because then You you, you know what I mean You could Oh I was There's all these scared things,
3: to things That are horrible death. Yeah I was scared to death When I found out I had HIV And I won't even say It was because of the fact That I had HIV But because of the fact That I knew That Too Well I felt I will say That in the state of Iowa Like I was A walking Plague And I could be thrown in jail At any moment Right. I mean, it, the law is so stern that it doesn't really give you no, no, arm, no room to set your arms and be like, "I'm okay." You know, it's just so. Mm-hmm. No, if you don't disclose and this happens, you are done for. It's just, it's crazy. Well, and I've seen it. Also, it's also life. really stigmatizing. I mean,
1: if the government yes, is telling you, you that you're, you know, tainted and. So it's it's really just unfortunate all the way around, and um, you know, I mean, if you can't you can't like criminalize a disease, like you just can't. Because the other thing is, it gets into this whole gray area of he said, she okay. said, you know, who's telling the
3: truth and who? I mean, it's just it's a hot, it's a hot exactly. mess.
1: It's not good. I mean,
3: for <laughs> myself to ever want to be with someone that's not positive, the way that I can one hundred percent protect myself. And I've had people that, you know, are negative and willing to start a relationship, things like that, which is great. I mean, I'm glad to see that there's still some people that are educated on it. But mm-hmm. to me, I'm like, wow, I have to have you sign this paper real quick
0: <laughs> or come down to my case
3: manager
0: and right, watch like a have her form. watch
3: me. Yeah, watch her watch us together and sign it together. And wow. I mean, who, how do you I mean, how do you go from a conversation like, "Hey, how are you doing? you want to go have lunch? By the oh. way, here's this contract that <laughs> 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 I need you to sign. I might record you do it, but it's it's gonna be okay. I promise wow,
1: well, I mean yeah. it's,
3: it's, it's so downgrading. I'm not saying it should not yeah. be there because i think I think the person I gave it to me intentionally, I think they knew I think they did, so that's mm-hmm. the hard part too, because there is people that out of spite, and I've watched, I've seen people that I know are and do it. There is those ones that do go out and have sex unprotectedly because they're upset with themselves, and they're they're really actually very selfish is what they are, but... Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, that's the part that makes it hard, because it's like, should we just get rid of this at all? No, I mean... Because there is is uh, cases...
1: Yeah. Right, no, I understand. I mean, I've actually... I had a friend Mm -hmm. who's negative and who thought he got HIV from someone, and he's like, I'm going to, you know, take them to court. And, and I was like, listen, mm-hmm. the thing is, I get it. Like, I understand why those laws were put into place and why people okay. think we need them. But right. it, in the end, it just does more harm than good. And it's also, you know what, the only way that you can ensure that you're protected is by protecting yourself. It's not by... Mm-hmm. Blaming what other people do to you I mean right. you, you know what I mean <laughs> So it's it's, it's it's after the fact to say like Oh this person lied to me Well I mean unfortunately That cool may I- be true But you know we all just need to Be proactive ahead of, ahead of time And you know Stay negative if you are negative And you you're the only one that can maintain that okay. Right And
2: prime examples of how this these rules or these laws are, you know, not working the way that they they should be working. If you uh, go to uh, YouTube and and search "HIV is not a crime," you'll see an amazing video there that was put together by Sean Strube, um, and about these laws uh, with uh, some amazing people: Robert Suttle, uh, Nick Rhodes, and, and Monica Mone, um actually, who all have been on the show here sharing their story. But it's it's a touching video. Go see it, and you'll see why this is something that we HIV the people living with HIV need to stand up and fight on. Um, I think it's, like, one of the big things that, you know, the future of of HIV, we need to stand up and really voice out on how important that this is. I have a question coming out of the chat room for you, Chaz, from James, and he asked, do okay. you feel that that younger folks listen to you more because they feel that they can relate to you more than they could an older person who's HIV positive?
3: Do I feel that way? Yes. Um, I definitely think so. I mean, I have it myself, in my state at least, physically seen someone that was around my age and been able to talk to them about it. Um, I think that's why I like to do it as well, is because I'm just kind of like, boom, here I am. <laughs> I'm so young, and I think that's what catches people's eye, because a lot of people just, and their head put together their own little self-image of what they think someone with HIV would look like. I mean, I know I did it myself. I still try catching myself doing it. And I'm like, wait, you're stupid. You all have HIV. Do you think you look like me <laughs> you know, like, Well, I
1: think we, we it all, you weird.
3: know, it, it, we all make, stereotypes stereotype exists for a reason.
1: We all make, I, I we still do, I still do that. I mean,
3: yeah. you know, but
1: it's good to catch yourself. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, what, what,
2: what what events do you have going on there um, for World AIDS Day? I'm not sure if you mentioned this or not. That's why I wanted to just get this out before, because it's two weeks away.
3: What do I have for Thanksgiving Day?
2: Yeah, are, are there any um, World AIDS Day events happening in your area that you could mention?
3: Um, that you know? It with HIV?
2: Yeah.
3: Oh, um, um <laughs> just, I'm like, no, 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 don't put on the Day? spot.
0: <laughs> okay, um, in yes. App. You
3: don't know, make me have a brain fart again, please.
1: Um, I, <laughs> I would actually, come. I would think that um, you you would have a you know if you really want to go into a lot of um, HIV HIV visibility and activism that you're a really great person to do it because like I think it's a really valid point. That because of your youth, a lot of people your age would really listen to your story because they can relate to you. So, I would I would think that you have a a lot of opportunity in front of you
3: if you're interested. Well, thank you, thank you very much. And I've tried. I've, I'm I'm gonna keep pushing. I've just I've slowed down a little bit. I will admit, um, but I don't think I will after this now. Um, as for events, I know that there is one December 1st that is coming up. I know that's not really for Thanksgiving. I know they do have a dinner. No, I didn't High say Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. <laughs> I oh, said on was... World AIDS Day. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you said Thanksgiving. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes, on World AIDS Day, we are going up to the Capitol with a candle lighting for. HIV, that's what we're going to do here in the state of Iowa, in Des Moines Iowa. And Thanksgiving,
1: you're just going to eat a whole bunch
3: of food. Hello.
1: <laughs>
2: yes,
0: <laughs> yes. I was I wondering, but like, that doesn't
3: sound right. <laughs> but.
2: I just actually put the uh, 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 the website link to pitchiowa.org in the chat room, so people can go and check it out if they are in that area uh, to see what events are happening. Uh, and that has the World AIDS Day
1: event on there, too.
0: Cool.
1: So, so, so how, 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 how to, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, I go ahead. want to know more. Like, what else? Like, I want to know more about like what you do, and aside from HIV, like, what's your life? My life? Yeah.
3: Um, I must say, at the moment, I'm just going to school. I'm uh, everyday kid. <laughs> I guess you would say, teenager, preteen. Um, I just, I yeah, I work, I go to school, and I just really more family-orientated now. I'm not so much about the party life. Um, That's just every day I'm in a very normal person. I have interactions with people every day that don't even know my status all the time, and they find love in me and I find love in them. And that's what I hope to keep going as I get older. I just want to find more people. I want to tell my story and... I want to leave my feet in the sand. Do you Mm -hmm. have uh, brothers and sisters? I have one sister, and she is 26. I make fun of her all the time. She's almost 30. I'm sorry if I offend anyone. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oh, don't (laughs) even, bitch. I will come over (laughs) there and (laughs) fight you.
0: (laughs) I always make fun of
3: her, but I do. I have one sister and then just. She is old. Ooh, she's so old. That twenty-six-year-old girl. Ooh. I know. No, she's <laughs> twenty-seven. Oh, oh my
1: God, even older. She's practically dead. Oh my God. How, how does she even get around? She's so old.
0: I know. Hey,
1: so,
3: do you, How did? How
1: How is she when you told her?
3: You know, I think everyone in my family took it their own way. Everyone, of course. Some way to blame their self um, Of course my sister's is That she's my older sister She should have been there She seen right. That I was starting to Hit rock bottom She did She warned my mom I will say that My sister did her part And she never has once Ever Ever left me When I didn't need her the most I mean She was the one That once I told her I cried with her She wanted to go Beat the crap out the kid um, We Went to those project Meetings together To signing papers Stating that I understand the law That's over my head 24-7 And I'm sucking oh. all this in And she's She's just trying to help me understand it And help me not be overwhelmed With all that I had to Come through Which is knowing what to do And the frustration of Me not wanting to help myself either At that moment Because when you find something out like that You just don't You just kind of want to give up At that moment You you think you want to give up I would say But she did very well And I'm Can't really speak for her But I think I know it hurt her But I know that It's going to make us all stronger
2: no, That's awesome Who was the hardest person to tell? What's the what? Who was the hardest person for you to tell?
3: The hardest person for me to tell It was very hard for me to confront my sister um, But really The hardest person it was for me to tell Was All my cousins I would have to say um, It was hard for me to tell my mom That's just a given So, mm-hmm. but And my sister But I mean just my cousins And having to tell I have come from 13 We're all mixed We're a beautiful, unique, different family And I've always been the oldest They've always looked up to me. There's been times I've had to play the father role for what they didn't have. Right. And that was the hardest part for me was because they looked to me and I do no wrong. Right. And I had to tell them I did wrong. And I would have right. to say that was the part that broke my heart and made me want to do better and have and be like, I'm going to do this for them, I would have to say.
2: Okay, that sounds cool. So I have one last question for you before we let you go. What advice would you give to somebody who's newly diagnosed and comes to you?
0: Newly diagnosed.
3: I would have to say, for one, you're not going to die. You're okay. Breathe. You're going to be here for a while, or you'll kill yourself in stress. And after that, I would just say you got to live life, and don't hide who you are. You can't. Hide that ever because it's who you are now, and it's a big part of who you are, and you got to understand to accept that and make peace with that before you move forward.
2: Well, that's awesome, Chaz Howard. Thank you so much for sitting in with us. Um, where can people find you to contact you?
3: Call me to contact me. You can. Where can um, they? Where can
2: they? Can they meet you on Facebook or contact you through Facebook or?
3: Yeah, most definitely. I'm um, Chaz Howard and. I should pop up in Des Moines, Iowa. And anyone has any questions, I would love to help in any way I can. Cool. Well, Chaz, thanks for hanging out with us for the hour and sharing your story. Well, thank you so much for allowing me to. It makes a lot. All well, right. Have a good night, Chaz. Thank you guys, too.
2: Thanks. Bye. Oh, what a great guy. You know, at such a young age to so have such a good head on his shoulders and and to to want to be open about it. I mean, there's so many people who have been, Positive for so long, who, who don't even sh- share their story or, or still hide, and for him to be so, you know, transparent with his status, I I applaud him for that. I think it's incredible.
1: I um, totally. A lot of people, a lot of people older than him can, can learn a lot from him. Oh, exactly. One of the other things I
2: wanted to mention is uh, we were talking about HIV criminalization a little earlier. And if you are in the Philadelphia area, the Positive Justice Project is doing um, an event here at the William Way Center, which is our local um, LGBT community center, at 1315 Spruce Street tomorrow um, afternoon, evening from 3 to 6.30, uh, there's going to be a uh, community round table discussion on HIV criminalization. They're going to talk about all the laws here um, that are in, you know, Pennsylvania um based around HIV criminalization and um our own friend Robert Suttle will actually be there speaking and sharing his story. So again that's tomorrow from three to six thirty at the William Way Center. So if you're there, come out, I'll be there, say hi. Um Jack, um any final words? Uh
1: no oh great. Good to talk to you. All right. All right.
2: Yeah, it's good to talk to you, too. So, uh, more information on Jack, you can go to com. More information on myself and the radio show, you can go to com. Thank you all for tuning in. Have a great weekend. We will see you next weekend. See you, Jack.
0: All right. I contracted
3: a preventable disease from a guy that looks good and smells good but never mentioned that he had
0: HIV. But he is not the blame. I should have loved myself enough to protect myself. But through it all, I found self-love and it's the greatest thing I ever felt.
3: I was never less than or equal to AIDS but always greater. I just realized that not caring for myself or my body. I was my biggest hater. I am author of The Naked Truth, Marvin Brown, and I am greater than AIDS.